please be advised. The Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, it's Treasy. Hey, this is Corey. It's Martin and Mel, man. And I'm Young Leezy. And uh, you already know what it is. Fuck Jesse T. Jesse, Jesse, <laughs> Jesse T. Just kidding. Shout out Jesse T, Jesse man. T. But uh, I don't. I don't think he fucks with us anymore. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it on mic. Yo, he's in the chat like liking mad things, <laughs> yeah, and then like we talk about a movie he cares about. He chimed in. He really chimes quick. in. But we're like, yo, I thought he was coming today because I was too. like, can y'all make it at ten? And he, was, he like hit like. I was like, oh, okay. He was engaged. I specifically was like Jesse and Martin. Can y'all make it? He was engaged. <laughs> he, hit, he hit like. <laughs> he ain't but, here. Uh, just kidding. We love you, Jesse. But we we do have our uh our our possible replacement for you i'm sorry i don't know how else to say it man <laughs> like we got chandler in the building hi hi <laughs> it's y'all good li- to be back yeah man uh, no listen the westworld episode was fun yes. um great insight so you know we all loved you here and we were like gotta bring chandler back thank man. you so, i'm really excited to uh have my sloth my sophomore slump episode really <laughs> sophomore <good>. slump <laughs> right <laughs> That's what's up, man. Thanks for the vote of confidence. Happy holidays <laughs> to everybody. Um, or I guess post Christmas, happy holiday, Just whatever. Kwanzaa. You wanna... Just say happy. Yeah, Kwanzaa. happy Kwanzaa. There you go. Hey. Um, R.I.P. to Penny to Penny Marshall because I think Ew. she passed away in between the last episode we dropped in this episode. So of course we want to get that out the way. We waited too long for Stan Lee, so we want to give these people the roses while uh. They're well, still warm. Gone. Why they're still warm? Huh? Yeah, but she's gone. She's though. gone. You can't give her the roses. Yeah, you can't give her the roses. I can lay them on the grave. <laughs> the yeah. warm grave, not the, the, warm, grave. the warm Exactly. The warm Stanley grave. Stanley made it to like 100, yo. Almost 100. That motherfucker lived. Yeah. He lived yeah. the right kind of life. Um, apparently, his family and his estate is like in shambles. Like, Of course it is. Yeah, like apparently he's his family's been robbing him for years and like... No, uh, they wasn't robbing him. He didn't well, give a fuck. Well... He was still very, he was, very rich. You know, yeah, the massages yeah. he wanted still. Yeah, <laughs> That's why it's like... I have a billion dollars. Yeah. Someone stole a million from me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter at that point. Do you miss it? You can't even see all your money at that point. Yeah. But I do wonder how, how I wonder how it all affects, is it going to affect anything with Disney or is their shit no. I mean, solid? Doesn't, doesn't own Marvel. Own that stuff, yeah. So Disney owns that. Oh, okay, so it's 100%. It's not like a Pixar thing where it's like... I think he still like, has intellectual property rights, but I don't think that they like... I don't think them. I think they have it too. If that makes any no. sense, like he I probably it was can like still how Lucas it. sold Star Wars. Like it's done. He sold it. I think no, they consult they, him out of respect, but it isn't. I don't. He as may far be on as the, board the films go, but I'm talking about conceptually. I think he still had intellectual property rights because oh. they were still Marvel was still producing outside of Disney, right? Like they were still producing actual books. Yeah. So that's what I'm. Ta- Does that make sense? So yeah, his yeah. family still could profit in that way. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, a lot of shit has actually happened and a lot of stuff has came out since the last time, has come out, excuse me, since the last time we, 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 wow. You since said, you said have we, went on one of our episodes and it's like, it's like nails in the yeah. chalk. Right? I hate when see people say have went. Yo, I can't wait till you fuck up. <laughs> I do it, but you don't even notice because you're too busy using words incorrectly. No, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't know what she said. She said past participle. That's what I'm saying. And, and, past partisan, equal. Yeah. Popsicle, whatever the fuck you just said. It's all good. I yeah. heard you. Just know, I want you. I want the best for you. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but a lot of stuff came out uh, holiday season, and I think the biggest anticipated one for I would say mostly everybody at this table. I'm, I'm sure I speak um, for everybody when I say this, but the US trailer, man. 
Oh my god. Yeah. But I feel like like I feel like it's really gonna be good, but part of me feels like it's gonna be tone deaf. He's about to step in shit. I really hope that's not the case. What makes you say that? I'm yeah. sorry, I'm chewing what the cookie. You think that? First of all, Leezy bought these cookies for the crew and they're good, so that's what I'm chewing on right now. <laughs> but go ahead though. Um I feel like there's because he's saying we're our own worst enemy, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's like an there's a there's a black and white um, relationship that's being explored, right? Whiteness is relationship to blackness and get out. Mm-hmm. This movie is about black people relating to themselves. Is so, it black people or just people in general? Pretty sure it's black people. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, just be just because of the social cues in the trailer, like the way that Winston Duke is talking and then like Lupita snapping, snapping off, off beat. beat. Yeah, that was big. And the and the cultural references, like, you know, if you if you put on the loonies, my daughter's not like, what is that? And she's eleven, <laughs> like she's singing with it. So that being said, like, I mean, those are the cues that I took away from it. Mm-hmm. It says we're our own worst enemy. Um and I think that he's very intentional in things that he does. And so him making those characters black is not an accident. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like r- black black people's relationship to ourselves. He's going to explore that in some way. I'm not sure what facet that is. I don't know if it's being disconnected from your culture or black on black crime or, um, you know, a, a deeper dive into like internalized depression. I don't know. We'll see. But right. I'm just I'm just hoping he doesn't step in shit with well, this. But what what gives you the idea that it may be tone deaf is I guess what I'm questioning. Because there's so much opportunity for it to be. That doesn't mean it will be. Right. But I mean I think I, that there's a million ways you can get that wrong. So that think, doesn't mean he will. I think if the trailer started with like with the acclaimed director of Twelve Years a Slave, <laughs> I, I think I think that I would be on your side. But uh, with Jordan Peele, oh no, that it's not a side. It's, I'm not calling it early that he's going to okay. fuck up. I'm just saying that I think that there is more of an opportunity for him to. Yeah. I'm hoping that he knocks it out of the park the same way he did the last one. Yeah, I, my money's on it. After seeing the last OG, bro, yo, <laughs> after seeing the last OG, and I, I, you know, before I saw that, I just saw TBS and Tracy Morgan, and I was like, this ain't. It's, it's like a so fucking good. train wreck about to happen. And that's an amazing show. So after seeing that he was behind that, there's nothing to me Jordan Peele can't tackle. So mm-hmm. uh, my money's yeah, on Yeah, I saw Tracy Morgan. I checked out. No, right. it's, 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 it's really it's, good. Okay. This is the best thing Tracy really Morgan. I like Tracy Morgan. That I've ever seen <laughs> Tracy Rock. Morgan. I never watched it. I wasn't Rock, a fan of 30 Rock. 30 Rock was fired at me. Uh, I didn't watch it. You said what? 30, 30 Rock was fired at me. Especially oh, okay. that first episode had me dying on the floor. I can't remember the first Did you watch the last OG? I did. I watched a few episodes. I liked it. I mean, it's very. It's a very New York show. Probably mm-hmm. one of the most New York shows I've ever seen. I never got got around to finishing it because mm-hmm. I don't. It's not that I don't enjoy it. It's like I just like other shows, so I never really finished it. Oh, you hit something else had your attention more, gotcha. bro. Like I just, it just clicked for me yesterday. Even though, because I'm watching it a second time. And my man friend was like, I want to watch it with you. And I was like, I'm finished with it, but we can watch it again because this shit's funny. But it it just clicked for me that Malik Yoba's character's name is Wavy, but he's bald-headed. Yo. Yo, <laughs> yo, yo, the fact that he wears that big-ass plated chain that says Wavy is hilarious to me, bro. Like In, in the, 2003, like, it makes all the sense. In 2003. But I was trying to figure yeah. out why he had on, like, the Dapper Dan Gucci shit, right? And, like, 
you know, my man friend's a little younger than me. So I was like, yo, why has he got that Dapper Dan shit on? It's supposed to be 2003. And he yeah. was like, people dress like that in 2003. And I was like, I was outside. And uh, no, they didn't. Yeah, no, they people, didn't. people was wearing Rockaware Velour suits. Yeah. Like in 2003, and, and that's what legs. people were wearing. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, it was, uh-uh. Yeah. That's funny, though, because like in restaurant, I'm like, why does he have on... Yeah, I don't know. So shit, he bought from Fordham Road. It's all good. Though. But, but it's probably is you know to Martin's point, being a New York show, they were probably trying to really just pack a lot of culture just into there because you know you, the story's not going to go before two thousand and three, right? So it's probably just trying to pack a lot of the New York street culture, yeah, um, from a lot of different eras into that. And I've said, you know, I after watching this, I kind of understand why Tracy Morgan had that moment where he snapped off about the the reporter asking him about Tiffany Haddish because it really was his moment. Yeah. And um, that's not anything against Tiffany Haddish, but like Tracy Morgan's pretty accomplished as a com- a comedian and a comedic actor, and then very much, you know, asking him like, "Well, what's it like to work with Tiffany?" is insulting. Yeah. Um, but. She's really good in it, and Best I thing I've seen her. In. And I feel like this kind of shows that she has some range, and she can do something other than what we're seeing from her most. Yeah, yeah, they they utilize her very well. But we kind of jumped off the us train and jumped onto <laughs> last OG. I know. Uh, did anybody else have any hard opinions or thoughts about or excitement about the us trailer? I was uh, I was happy about it. I, I had mixed feelings about Get Out. I think I've come around on Get Out. Now I think it's really good, but I was confused at the tone when I first saw it. Mm. I um, think a lot of people were. Yeah, because I mean, I was expecting something that was scarier than the film actually is, and I think right. it goes for a very like Twilight Zone kind of tone. Like it, it's yeah. funny and it, it's not scary so much as it is ironic a lot of the time. So here's the thing, and just in case listeners don't know, Chandler's white, right? I'm white. <laughs> Uh, Chandler didn't give yeah, it away. Yeah, well, my dog's name is Chancellor. My, he's a my, that's a dog. dog. My yeah, sister's he's a black dog. My sister's baby sister who has a different mom. Her name's Chandler. Yeah. So She's so black. so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, it kind of is scary sometimes being like the only black person in an all white room. It, sure. It my, yeah. Scary. My perspective might be the reason why I was like, oh, this is not scary. Right. To me. Right. Is right. That right, your, right. Is that your right, smart right. white man voice? Yeah. <laughs> this is my regular voice. Everyone has one. <laughs> That's funny. I could turn it off and on. But but I do I do <laughs> get what you're saying. Like it was it was a little bit more um uh of the like social yeah. thriller, mm-hmm. I guess, than yeah, it was that's what, horror. That's what Martin called it. He called it a social political thriller. Yeah. I thought and, it was gonna be like since he had the, the comedic background, mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna be like scary movie. Like I thought it was yeah. gonna be like I'm like so a, glad it wasn't. I hate a that complete bullshit. comedy. Like I, it would not be serious in any way. Right. Like I, I didn't know what we were getting involved in. Honestly, I was like, oh, we're gonna go see the Jordan Peele movie. Right. Like that looks cool. I, and I think that's what caught me off guard the first time. I was just like, wow, this is not what I thought it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. So I, I've come around on it. But this trailer for us is really scary. I mean, it's mm-hmm. viscerally upsetting. I had chills the first time I was watching. I was watching it on a computer with headphones at work. Wow. Yeah. It's funny you say that because um, yesterday me and Treasy went to go see Vice and you missed the trailer for us that played in the theater. Fuck! Yeah, yeah. And I definitely there, there watched was it in like, the theater last there night. Was, <laughs> there was like an older couple behind us and I remember after the trailer went, she was like, I don't want to see that. I didn't like the trailer. Oh wow! Like, well, she like was like, you. she was like, she was like, the trailer's scary. I don't want to see it. Like, wow. yeah, which I thought was funny. And it Damn is. It's I really... missed it in the theater. Yeah, yeah. You did. Fuck. That was like one of the only good trailers. I told, what did I text you? I said, I mean, I fucking hate missing 
trailers uh, you, in the theater. We're, we're in an internet age. You, you're not yeah, missing. Them. No, no, but but to see it on the screen. Oh, you want to see it? Uh, yeah, okay. that's different, man. Like, oh yeah, you missed it. That's fair. I almost wish that I had hell. watched it for the first time in the theater. Yeah, I agree. I miss that feeling. I've I've talked about that before. Like seeing a trailer in the theater, and that's the first place mm-hmm. you see it. Usually, it isn't because of the way things are now. Mm-hmm. With social media, it isn't, yeah. especially if it's uh, from someone that you admire or enjoy, like you're going to know about it ahead of time. Mm. I do still get gems of things that I'm not expecting in the theater, especially well, when they come from like lesser known people. To me, it's fun because you, you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. So like, because even in social media, you see the title. You're like, oh, this is the Us trailer and now I'm going to go watch it. But mm-hmm. if you saw it in the theater, you're like, oh shit, I, I, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, right. I think that's, uh, we've lost that. And then the other factor is seeing a trailer in the theater for a movie you didn't know mm-hmm. at all existed. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that's an amazing feeling. Oh, they're making a sequel to that. Yeah, like I didn't know feeling. that. Do you I, remember like you remember like when when something like a sequel for something someone was excited about would come in the trailer and people would like clap for the trailer? Yeah. You don't get that no more. No. Everybody knows everything. Yeah. Information age. Like mm-hmm. I can never replicate the excitement I felt when I saw the Mortal Engines trailer. I was like, yo, this is gonna be I'm totally kidding. Oh, okay. Oh, like, oh, horrible. Oh, that, no, I thought that was going over my joke. No. I did I did not serious. even enjoy the like Lord of the Rings. So I was like, really? really excited about I like that? Lord of the Rings. It checks a box. We've been over this. Mm. <laughs> no. I haven't seen Mortal Engines, but Hugo Weaving has a pretty spectacular wig in it. So, <laughs> if there's one reason I'm gonna see it, it's that. It's because for the wig. It's for the wig. Yeah. We goes weaving. What is it? Weaver. We go weaving. Weaving wig. How about the, how about you with the US trailer, Martin? Um, I'm trying not to judge it at all because I know when I first saw the Get Out trailer, I wasn't really into it. Right. I thought he might fuck it up, but agreed. This I'm not sure, so I I'm just kind of like I'm gonna wait till the movie to watch it to see how it is. Right. I'm curious of, you know, like sometimes you mentioned earlier the sophomore slump mm-hmm. because a lot of times movies, the first time when you're, when you're, when you have budget restrictions, you have restriction, well, they kind of let you do your own thing and right. it becomes a, a hit on its own. But then when you get a second time at bat and you have all the money, all the support, you get a blank it, check. Yeah, you get the blank check and then it sucks. You, I don't think like, he has a blank check with this. I, I, I know think it's a low budget movie. I, I yeah, but I mean, say, like, but, but, he's got more respect so, and more like clout now. I'll say so. this. I'll say this. Like, I think I don't think he has a blank check, but I think he definitely has the ability to say, "Okay, I want twenty million for this movie." Right, oh, Blumhouse. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, I, I I think after the performance of Get Out and after Blumhouse like, made he, a lot of money off that. of him, he could say that. I don't necessarily think he'll do that though. Yeah. Okay. So my point is this. My point is that like I don't think Blumhouse would like. I think the worst case scenario they would do is just have somebody kind of audit his budget just to make sure that's what he really needs. But I think okay. if they came to the conclusion that he really need twenty million and he asked for it, he would get it. But what I was my my whole point was looking at this trailer. I didn't feel like it was too far. It was too much of a big step from Get Out uh, from a production angle. I was like he didn't. I was like he went into this. You know, keeping the same sort of containment and practicality. Yeah, that kept that made Get Out good, and it's really going to be a story-driven horror. You know what I mean? And 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 make it work in that way. Um, so I I personally think he has the ability to ask for whatever he wants, but I don't think he I don't think he, he necessarily has he, a proclivity. Yeah, why? Don't you, Lizzie's wearing her hat like Hove and fucking Streets is watching right now. It's fucking hilarious. First of all, I'm a whole black no, girl, was, and I have the most Memphis amazing bleak. silk press. It was, it was a more Memphis bleak. Yeah, it is yeah. definitely mm. bleak. Shout out to you, Malik. No, but, but listen, um, that came that came from Hove and Streets is watching. Yeah. I know, you. but 
like just to explain why I'm doing that, since he had to narrate some shit nobody needed to know. Yeah, um, I have funny. an amazing silk press, and I have to go to the gym to lift weights after this because you know I do that, and I don't want to fuck my hair up. And Damn. then my my head just got a little warm, so I lifted my hat up. Let That's me funny. That's some shit I do, dog. That's hilarious. It's impressive that it's still on your head because yeah. I'm like, I don't know what's holding it there. But. Big ass head. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Um, but yeah, that, that yeah, my thoughts about yeah the us. It's uh, it definitely. I think from a box office perspective, he's really going to set a bar here because um, I think the whole world is sort of waiting to see what he's doing after his performance would get out. And I personally think he is going to, first of all, just hearing the loonies in the trailer, so the I Got amazing. Five on it. That like creative. Ridiculous. And it was like, you know, it wasn't one of those things where I felt like I was the only person that caught it, but it was one of those things I did. I definitely did not think the whole world was going to attach themselves to that and find that unique in that way, you know, because um, when I when I first heard it, I was like, "Fuck, this is crazy." Though I got five of them was like my favorite shit in like he made it ninety five, ninety four. <laughs> yeah, and he made that shit scary as fuck. Or whenever it came out, I said ninety five. I think it was ninety five. Um, um, but he and he made that shit scary, and that just gave me so much excitement for. That's like to me, that's like a metaphor for his career. And how I feel like his career is really about to go, where he just takes things that are nostalgic to people in my demographic, my age range, and really about to just incorporate them into like uh, cinema, you know, just I'm cinema excited. and art, man. Like, I'm, that's why I'm so excited to see what he does with Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit more skeptical of Twilight Zone, to be honest. Um, but that's I am like excited. giving Jordan Peele a Black Mirror. Why not? And a limitless black mirror. Yeah, I'd say why not? Because okay, I think he's already making that type of art with his horror films. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's like, why do you want to put him in that box when he can do something that's an homage to that and still have the creative the creative freedom that comes with that? Well, and then my thing too is like, what makes Black Mirror different for me is Black Mirror is it's the central theme. There's a theme, and mm -hmm. it's a little bit it's a little bit more specific. Whereas Twilight Zone is just Whatever Weird they feel like the showing world. you. Yeah, there's there's the boundaries a lot a lot further, mm -hmm. a lot further off than than Black Mirror. And, and and to be honest, when you go yeah. back and look at Twilight Zone, th there's way more shitty episodes than there are good episodes. That, man. Yeah, amazing stories too. Yeah, I'd be um, curious to see if you know. I mean, obviously, I don't I don't know too many people that watched uh, Twilight Zone when it premiered, but uh, <laughs> like, were some of the episodes dealing with? Some stuff in society that maybe we're not a that up, big yeah. John Landis scene yeah. where the people died. That one was about like bigotry and racism. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the movie? Though, yeah, no, right? I'm just saying yeah. like, but it's a vignette. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that was um, yeah. Th to answer your question, mm -hmm. yes, there's yeah. there's a, there's social themes, but then there's also just weird shit. There's yeah. weird shit. You there's know? these lighthearted things. There's sci-fi. Like anything you yeah. want to do. Yeah. Does sci-fi still do the marathon around New Year's or New Year's Day? They don't need to. Yeah. Fucking Netflix has. It. Oh really? Oh yeah. Sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, Who watches? Yeah. Sci amazing, channel. amazing stories is on I Netflix too. I love the sci-fi channel. Yeah. Really? I mean, I don't I mean, have cable. There's a lot so of like, shows I like up there, like Magicians. Uh, Deadly Class is coming out. Um, Shark Magicians is like Channel Zero Seven. Magicians is like, what if Harry Potter had people who could fuck? Yeah. <laughs> kind of. But I, I, I kind of agree with you as far as like him doing Twilight Zone. I'm not really with it because we kind of saw this play out with Amazon, right? They had the uh, oh, the Philip K. Dick thing. The Philip K. Dick Ooh. stories. And I like, never even finished it. A couple of them were good, but most of them were like didn't yeah. match up to Black Mirror. Yeah, Black Mirror. All. Black Mirror works because it's specific. 
And then, but that's also kind of what works against it because it's we see a lot of things repeating themselves in these stories. Yeah. Like it's, you know, when you do these anthology stories, man, like it's just there's only but so far you can go with them until it starts getting repetitive. Because that's what happened with Twilight Zone. A lot of shit started getting repetitive, and it you know it just it burns out. I agree because know? there was a. There was like one or two episodes of Black Mirror. I was like, yo, we've kind of done this. Crocodile yeah. and the entire history of you are basically the same fucking mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, so it was like, okay. I mean, I like Crocodile. I like the other one, but like. And Bandersnatch definitely feels like it's born out of Shut Up and Dance. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. all right, guys. Like, you know, I mean, I enjoy all of them, but right. It's the same shit. Yeah. So, so I. I, I I'm skeptical. I mean, I think it's still. I'm still going to tune in for the, for Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, but I'm definitely skeptical about it. He hasn't. Well, here's the thing. He hasn't. He hasn't struck out yet. So, I mean, he can. And I think post Key and Peele, he hasn't struck out. Right. Because mm-hmm. I didn't watch Key and Peele. I didn't. I don't think he's funny. But um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, honestly, I feel like because a lot of people hate on Key and Peele, like I think I could take the ten best Key and Peele sketches and put them up against like the ten best Chappelle show sketches. Uh, I agree with you. I agree that Key and Peele was still. I enjoyed it. Um, they have it, like some classic, like substitute teacher, like the football yeah. joint. <laughs> like they have some like real classic sketches. It's just a lot of people didn't watch the show. Yeah, that's yeah. well, better than that. Remember when Chappelle was popping? They had the, the Spanish guy. He had his own version. Mencia, Mencia. Mencia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it ain't that bad, you know. Nah. It ain't that unforgettable. Yeah, I think people were more. I feel like I feel like the format of it. Is is what turned a lot of people off. It just felt Chappelle show like, but then I also yeah. feel like that that show caught steam online. Like, yeah, it definitely it, did. You know, a lot of people didn't watch it tra- traditionally. But Chappelle didn't do anything brand new. It's it's in living color. It's sketch yeah, comedy. Yeah, but Key and Peele's format, well, yeah, was yeah. like a direct rip off of. Yeah, well, it was I, like I would the say Marshall's version. Yeah, I would say what show. they did that was brilliant is they took like the premise of a sketch and they actually did like the mise en scene. They did like yes, the, I was just gonna the say. acting, the directing, the camera shooting, like the the film, the sets yeah. or whatever. They made it. They made that genre work, yeah. so it actually looked like it belonged together. Whereas a lot of Chappelle show sketches like look the same because I guess they're working with less technology or whatnot. Yeah. Chappelle, when you watch old Chappelle episodes, it you. It was a shoestring budget, man. They yeah, were they yeah. were they were definitely winging it. It was funny, but they were winging Which it. Which is why yeah. they made so much money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and technology caught up, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but you're right about that. I mean, to me, that's what's impressive about that show is yeah. that these guys know cinema so well that they're able to emulate an entire genre just for a joke. Yeah, yeah like, I think that's and, so cool. In an interview, he was asked like, "How was he so good at Get Out?" He was like, "Me and Pill, we." Me and, uh, yeah, Key, Key, we basically made like 300 short films. Yeah, right. That's like, true. I, I, will, I will, you're right about that. You're right about that. Um, I didn't dislike Key and Pill. I just think that, like, the potential really, we, we really saw the potential post Key and Pill, um, in my opinion. Um, so anyway. Uh, we touched on Bandersnatch. Do we really want to get into it? No. Nope. Yeah. Let us know if you want a Bandersnatch episode, though. I feel like there's no way that we can't spoil it for you. And so since it just came out like two days ago, we're going to give people a chance to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, let's just get, let's just jump into Bird Box, man. Let's jump into fucking the Bird Box. Um, this was an amazing treat for me personally. You know, it came out what, I think December 21st, um, you know, you typical everything. You're scrolling through Netflix, and they suggested things to watch with the 
the top, depending on how your Netflix is formatted, nice, I right? I like that too. Yeah, they, they, they suggest what to watch at the top. And then, um, and I saw this, and I'm already like a Sandra Bullock fan, right? So I was like, man, this this is this is looking all right. My wife doesn't really like horror. And then um, I remember somebody somebody in the group had saw it already. Was it you, Corey? And then you were talking yes, about it? Yes, I acquired it. Yeah. You acquired, <laughs> I acquired it. So. You're so whack, dog. <laughs> it's on Netflix, man. <laughs> hey, you, you, you know, you can put it out in front of me. Yeah. You know, I, I took it. Right. took an opportunity. Um, So once I jumped into the opportunity to watch it, I was eagerly, like, I, I was eager about jumping into it, and I was, like, thoroughly surprised. But do we want to do the synopsis real quick and the breakdown of what it is before we get into this? You're going to have to edit the space out. No, we don't. We can talk about how I found it because it was not like how you found it. Okay. How'd you find it? I actually saw it on social media because I follow Trevante Rhodes post Moonlight and literally everything he does because I like looking at him. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. he had a trailer. I was like, oh shit, he's in a movie with Sandra Bullock. And then I was like, it's on Netflix. Okay. Right. So I just, I was like happy for him that he was in like, he was, he had a leading role in something that was like really mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. I discovered it a similar way. I follow a lot of bird accounts on Instagram, and it's, it's just all over my feed. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, you I'm like, oh, tell say more. That's funny. Um, Synopsis. Five years after an ominous, unseen presence drives most of society to suicide, a mother and her two children make a desperate bid to reach safety. Reach safety. To reef safety. Reach safety. <laughs> I saw it the traditional way. A month before it came on Netflix, they dropped a trailer, and I watched it. And I was like, cool, that sounds really awesome. Okay. See, but they didn't prep me with a trailer. Like yeah, they I Usually trailer. I get trailers on Netflix like a couple days before something comes out. Mm. I never saw the trailer. It, it dropped was... like maybe three weeks before it came out. Mm. Maybe maybe a month. Interesting. It was on IMDb. It was on uh, Netflix, everything. Right. And mm. I was like, oh, okay, that looks cool. Is this this was considered this is Sandra Bullock's first venture into like Netflix uh, original original material? As far as I, I know, I believe so. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 See the, the way the way it like it didn't. F- I don't know if Netflix has just gotten good at this, whereas like they don't make a big deal out of things. So it's like when you see it, you're like, is this the? Because f-? you would feel like if it did was they a Sandra- acquire this though, or did they? That's a great question. Or did they produce it? That's a great. That's actually a very good question, and I'm not sure about that. I know, like Roma, they acquired. I I figured that. So I'm going to say that I feel like it was a Netflix budget because Trevante's in it. Okay. And I think there's a relationship there. From you know, he was in what was the one that we watched earlier? Burning Sands. Burning Sands. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was I think there's another Netflix movie that Trevante was in. Please I tell me because I don't know what it is, and I like looking at him. Yeah, well, I, I, if I don't know it, IMDb's you I mean, know is he was in the Predator. Away. That's the only other movie I know he was in. Yeah, but oh, that one. and in Moonlight. But the yeah. did I talk about that on the last podcast? No, like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I've heard that it sucked. Yeah. This was a uh, Netflix production. No, oh, okay. it wasn't. Netflix. Yeah, they got uh, Universal got the rights to the book, and then. Uh, Sold them to Netflix in nice. 2017. So for, probably because they knew about the other movie that was coming out that would be similar, and they were like, "Not going to shoot ourselves in the foot." Yeah. <laughs> what other movie? A Quiet uh, Place. A quiet Place. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's more to talk about on that. Too, yes, there definitely oh, fucking oh, is. We're gonna get there. Yeah, we're definitely gonna get there. So my thing was is that they didn't make a big deal out of this being a Sandra Bullock thing, mm-hmm. and so that just made me feel like, oh, has she done this before? 
But I, I, I guess maybe they not. learned something from Bright and that like people were, when they hyped up that they had a Will Smith movie, like people just kind of hated on it before they saw it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it could movie be sucked. Bright didn't it did suck. Not suck. Bright sucked. Okay. Bright. I didn't make it more than 45 minutes in. It was pretty rough, man. Oh, Bright wow. It's not a good movie. That's a whole new episode. Um, It'll be back. We'll have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, let's jump right into the comparisons. We've heard A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. This is definitely like The Happening 2.0. Oh, my God. Yeah. With the to, happening 2.0, it's literally just the the happening. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to M9. I bet you M9 is mad. Like, yo, I would be. Y'all, especially because everybody's like loving on yeah, it. Yeah, everyone's like, y'all jock my shit. Yeah. <laughs> and now everyone loves it. But hey, listen, that that to listen, first of all, fuck M Night still, right? We're I'm gonna go there. see Glass. Well, wait, the, right, the writer of Bird Box jocked uh well, so the yeah, book, I should Google that and see So, who yeah, came when first. did the book come out? It, what, what came first, the happening or the book? I'm pretty sure the book came first, I would imagine. I mean, but well, I and I might wrong. not be able to say shit then. Yeah, like, but I did read a really good, I, I shared that in the group chat. I read a really good article about M. Night, and I didn't realize he was so self aware of how shitty he was or, you know, uh, how people receive how him. How people receive how him. How could he not? Um, because there's some people that are really arrogantly above that. Okay. Like, so, you know, to see that it does affect him and that he has like a little bit of, it was a really good article and I forget where, where it was written on, but it, it seems like he has like imposter syndrome a little bit, um, mm. where he just feels like, yo, like I can't really live up to the expectation and there's mm. a lot of anxiety there. Um, but you know, he produces films like right in the backyard of Philadelphia and he's able to still be, the, the article was talking about how he's still able to be a family man and to be a film producer all in the same day. And how and to that, put on for his city, and to put on for his city. So I gained a lot of respect, but he's had a tough career. I mean, of meteor level highs and then horrible lows, and then now he's kind of making his way back. I I'm glad to see him succeed, but yeah, I think the pressure got to him, man. I mean, the Sixth Sense was such a monumental success, and he kept that up for a number of years. I think you can't help but have an identity crisis at that point. So I look at it differently. I look. I don't look at it like the pressure got to him. I feel like the pressure gassed him up. I, to me, I'm looking at. I look at his entire arc, and this is the arc of somebody who like is really a, a an asshole because of the success that they've achieved, mm-hmm. and now they're being humbled because like the like cinema has because their art form is changing so much and they're being scooted out and then they have a chance to redeem themselves and how he handles this is going is like a humbling that's how i look at it like okay. he, he was probably an asshole and he got all of this backlash and bullshit fair. you don't know him. i don't know i don't know <laughs> there's a a good read too about the production of lady in the water uh-huh. about that led to like it, it touches on that him being what an asshole like that he was kind of an ass he was high on his own shit and everybody uh, every smelling himself yeah, everybody told him lady yeah. in the water is garbage yeah don't do it and he did it and it was like yeah i know. think anybody who's seen avatar the last airbender would conclude he's an asshole like, <laughs> you see what i'm saying like to me j- just without even knowing just looking at the arc of his his timeline this is what an arc of an asshole falling looks like you know what i'm saying like we're not going to parallel it to music, but um, and and get too far off. But yeah, that's 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 the reason why I came down so hard on M Night because I was like, this guy's probably a fucking dick. All right, well here's a little bit of redemption for him. Okay. Uh, Bird Box, a novel released in 2014. Oh, long so after it's, that. it's definitely a bite. That was wow. so. At least the no, happening the, is an original concept. The, the Wikipedia further said that the author states the rough draft was written in 2009 before the happening, but it didn't get released until. 
what you just said. Well, mm-hmm. that's something you say. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also not look like it's also Wikipedia, so someone could have like the author could have jumped in. Oh, I just put that in there right now. All right. Oh. Before y'all call me the copycat. Right. Um. Other what, other comparisons I've heard it being compared to the road. I haven't like seen the Mortensen joint. Yeah. 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 I don't. I haven't seen that, but I've heard that too. I don't. I I get it because, but just because characters go somewhere doesn't mean it needs to be compared. Like it's the like road a, to me, I would not compare this to the road at all. I mm. guess the part when they're in the boat's like an epic journey. Yeah, mm. but the road is like the entire the entire movie is the journey. You know, whereas this is yeah. just the the third act. But I guess if like, you mashed yeah. up the three movies, I yeah, haven't yeah. seen the road, but just like Road's based really on, pretty good. Road's pretty I've good. heard, but like based on based on what I've seen in like synopses and, and what other people are saying, like it's kind of like a mashup of those three. The road movies. is a good example of how to do where we're not gonna tell you a lot and let you kind of come up with your own conclusions. Make that's a good that's a good example of how to do that. Whereas and I don't have it work. Yeah, whereas I don't think Bird Box really is succeeded in that but are we in spoilers yet we talking spoilers no that's at the beginning of the episode all right that's right it's in the bump (laughs) um the bump not to not to take it back but the happening that's i think that's the most egregious ripoff in this movie because not only is it Mm -hmm. the concept it's like a lot of the kills are are exactly yeah and then your your villain it kills you the exact same way yeah you can't see it and it makes you kill yourself like even the visual language of danger is coming Mm -hmm. in both films is like upshots at trees with wind blowing yeah Uh the trees are swaying (laughs) i mean and it's it's so unoriginal i mean that that was really offensive to me and i don't like the happening for the record Mm -hmm. right i don't hate the happening happening lets you know what the fuck it is though that's an argument for that. Yeah, but to me, that's where that's where that's where I lost. That's where the happening lost me personally. I'm not like the happening. I didn't hate the happening, but I just wasn't in love with it. You know, um, I feel the same way. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Either. Yeah, but I didn't hate it. And but I feel like the explanation of what was actually happening in the happening is what makes me not like the happening. Right. It's like Mother Earth decided <laughs> yeah. 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 To, yeah. To, to kill the parasites. Yeah. Like even in the happening, homie drove the drove the car into mm-hmm. the thing. It's like you still had someone do that in Bird Box. Like yeah. it's like yeah. okay, like you really ripped off the happening. I, I would have liked to see some uniqueness in that. Right. You know? I agree. So so just so we know everybody's position going around, it sounds like Chandler, you didn't really like this movie. I am very negative on Bird Box. Lazy. I'm I'm lukewarm on it. Like I, I found it entertaining, but I it was very unoriginal, and I'm just like, oh, I've seen this before, which is what I think people who maybe don't watch as many movies as we do. I think they were super impressed because they hadn't seen it before. But I'm just like, rah, rah. right, okay, Mark. Um, yeah, I'm pretty negative. I think it's derivative, derivative, like you said, from like a plot perspective, but also just from like the genre of post-apocalyptic movies. It's like I've seen all this before. Mm. Core. Yeah. I'm, I'm a lazy, the exact same. It's it's very forgettable film for me. Like yeah. I watched it, I didn't hate it, and I'll never watch it again. Wow. But I agree with everything. Both y'all, like I've seen it. I've seen everything in this movie. Yeah. Down to even the the deaths. Like they're mm. they're like classic horror deaths where right. you yeah. you don't get you get to know some characters, some characters you don't, and then they're gone. Like it's interesting. And you pick them off one by one. It even had the classic horror movie trope where like the young people have sex. Like oh it's like really the two young people are having sex yeah. and they don't. Well, they're not shown to be killed, but. I mean, we can only imagine. You can only imagine. Yeah. So, um, 
Shout out to Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, Machine <laughs> Kelly had the best role in the film. Came in, fucked, conquered, and left. Yeah. Um, um, I, so, and the funny part is, every one of y'all's arguments makes sense, but I, mm-hmm. I still really like this movie. Really? I really liked it, man. Um, but, you know, I was saying this off mic before everybody came in, to Martin, I believe. My wife and I watched a shitty-ass Netflix film called This Is How, or how It Ends. Mm. Oh, I saw that. The Night Before. So oh, man, I movie, think it was that just movie like, that movie. That movie was pure fucking. That's how you do the. We're not going to tell you shit. Bad. Oh my. That's how you God. do that. Bad. Like, that film was bad. Like all. Like not even worth discussing. Bad. But the the next night we watched this. So I don't know. It's like I'm now. I'm I'm really trying to separate myself from like having watching a really bad post apocalyptic film to like one that actually made some sense. And is that the only reason why I'm attached to well, it? Well, see, I watched a post-apocalyptic film after that. I watched the one with um, Evan Rachel Wood and Ellen Page. I think it's called like Into the Forest or something like oh, that. Oh, that must have been good. It was. It was way because it was grounded in reality. Right. So we'll talk. I think. I think that that's how America actually does end. Exactly how it does in that movie. Interesting. But, Ellen Page did a, a post-apocalyptic zombie movie. I want to see where they they find a cure for being a zombie. And it's like about how people get reacclimated to society after you were like a zombie and you ate like my brother. Oh, I definitely want to see that. Oh, yeah, it, it was real low key. That's not Super. warm bodies, is it? No, 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 no. no. I, you know. Warm bodies is. But I, I keep telling trash. myself to go check that out. Interesting. I like Ellen Page too. Um. So all right. So you hit on it, Corey. Let's talk about the characters, man. Let's talk about the characters of this film. What like, and and to me that was part of what I did what was kind of a redeeming, what drew me into it, right? Like you got the, you know, Sandra Bullock's character, who's this artist that just seemingly very like, um, uh, <laughs> unempathetic to the fact that she's pregnant. Like she's just disconnected. She's I don't know if she's living selfish. living her best life. That's like it, she man. hasn't, she hasn't really had to, it, I can just tell she hasn't really had to work very hard in life mm. and she hasn't had to care about anything. I think that that's the point, like right. that she's had, the privilege of not having to fight really hard to survive. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, it, what, what characters did y'all like in this? I actually like John Malkovich's character. Yeah. Until, wow. yeah. Until he wanted to leave everybody, um, and stay at the supermarket. He made a lot of sense to me until that. He made point. a lot of sense. It's a big building filled with food. Well, here's, here's the, the thing, and, 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 and you don't know none of those motherfuckers back at the house, so yeah. why does it matter? But and and the thing is, you know, again, I I I thank you for blessing me with this thing that that rattles around in my head every time I'm watching a movie. Dialogue is intentional, and when he was like, "I'm always right," mm-hmm. they probably would have been better off staying at the supermarket mm-hmm. because they could black the windows out, people couldn't come in. You know, Gary couldn't have come there. He wouldn't have known they were there. Like, they'd have been fine. Right. That's true. Well, I don't actually don't think so. I think just in a lot of, like, post-apocalyptic, like, literature and stuff or media or whatnot, like, the supermarket is a bad place to stay because it's it's always a target. Like, people are always going to go there for food. You don't know them. They're strangers. They can hurt you. It's like that always plays out that way. Yeah. The mist. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know. Shout out to the mist. Fuck been, the mist. You and me have been going back and forth about the mist Fuck for like ten plus mist. years. <laughs> there was a Twilight Zone episode that I think inspired the ending of the mist. But fuck the mist. 
Yeah. Nothing about the mist made me go, I want to watch that. And I'm like, oh, it's the mist. It's the blob. It's the fog. Like, why yeah. do I need to watch this? Oh, it's cool. I like it. I like the mist. Yeah. Is the creature feature where the air is the bad guy? No, well, there's no, creatures, there's in, creatures the in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's okay. creatures in it. Um, so it's this movie. No, you can see. Nah, you there's, can see the creatures. They're like yeah. creatures. Like you'd go outside and there's like a little like monster. Alien hopping there. around uh, things. Yeah. yeah, it's it ain't worth watching, bro. <laughs> um, uh, how about you, Chandler? What did you um, character wise? You know, if I had to pick, I'd probably say Trevante Rhodes' character. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. But I mean, I I thought that was one of the weaker parts of the film. I don't feel like the characters gelled. Like to me, John Malkovich character seems like he's from. A whole different movie. <laughs> I mean, he is playing the comedy yeah. and the the broad emotions up to a ten, whereas I feel like Sandra Bullock's trying to keep it pretty grounded. Mm-hmm. Like it just it totally doesn't match to me, which is an indication of bad direction. Well, mm. I'm not I'm not saying that he had the best performance. What I'm saying is I liked that character, okay. which is completely different than choices he made as an actor. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I, but let's stay there for a second. This, this, the tonal, like how it didn't match. Like, what, what made you feel that way? Um, so I don't think this is a well-directed movie at all. Um, mm. I think the cinematography is very like network television. I'm not saying cable TV. I'm saying network <laughs> television. Wow. I think this director, she likes to point and shoot. Dialogue scenes are like shot reverse shot. Mm-hmm. Um. The lighting was not anything special to me. I thought this was one of the most blandly lit post-apocalyptic films I've ever seen. Wow. Um, I, I'm with you, from a production value, even the scene where she crashes the car, yeah. it's very, you, you can tell that it's like a, a back lot somewhere. Yep. Like it's very like, people are just randomly running and well, there's like and these blah houses in the background. Like that was a street in LA somewhere on a back lot. They, like, they do the that, house is fake. They do that <laughs> move that I, I hate where it's like, okay, you have a big car crash, right? This costs mm-hmm. like $15,000. Let's show off this stunt. So we're in this very personal action sequence where we're in the car the whole time. But as soon as the car flips, we go, bam, wide front angle. And then mm-hmm. mid-air flip, we go reverse rear angle. Because yeah. you got to show every angle of that stunt, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, what, but do you think that's a reflection of maybe just budget? No, because... The, uh, it's a choice the bu- from the director. Yeah. Right, it's mm-hmm. a choice. I mean, we, there's movies like It Comes at Night, which have almost no budget. And are able to convey the emotions they need for the story much better. So you like that comes at night? I love it. I, oh, yeah, I oh didn't my like, god! Thank I you, did Chandler. not like it comes at night. Oh, thank I, you, Chandler. I, I, I did see it. I finally saw it. It was did okay. You like, it? like I just didn't love um, it. I liked it, but it had like an obvious plot hole that I just was like, okay, what the fuck? Oh, okay. Well, I guess I we'll save that it. for another. I didn't get it. Oh, thank you, Chandler. We don't have. We oh. don't. I mean, like, I'm. I'm not. I liked it. Right. I thought. I thought like. It was pretty good. It's just I don't like when things happen. It, it's not quite as bad as like me saying like widows and like okay these are these are really really stupid things. Yeah. I didn't think that they were really really stupid things. I just thought like oh there's an obvious plot hole here. Gotcha. If I can say one more thing about the direction, sure. Say um, as much as you want. At the end of the the movie, the final like action piece where she's running with the kids through the forest. Mm-hmm. There's a part where it's you know we're supposed to be really feel intense and scared for these characters. And the way that she communicates that is loud music. It's just loud music with drums and the 
filmmaking style doesn't change. She's mm -hmm. still shooting off of tripods. There's nothing handheld. The angles are just wide to show that the geometry or the geography of what they're doing. It's not anything that's character-based to pull you into their mindset. Mm -hmm. To me, that's just very amateur. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a television style of directing. Ooh, okay, so what's... Uh... Do you, do you, does anything in her filmography before this stand out? I think Suzanne I've never Beer. seen any other films from her. So I, I know I, when I looked at it, I think she did the original Brothers That's that right. they that they remade um, with, with Toby with, and Gyllenhaal with whack ass Toby McGuire oh. and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, <laughs> I actually liked Brothers. Yeah, I really I I, like I, I actually liked that, but that wasn't her version. Uh, when I looked at her filmography, I don't think there was anything that she had done that I'd seen before. Yeah. I think she won a. Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film a while back. Okay. But I haven't seen oh. it. She, uh, so is she German? No, I, sorry, I was... She did The Night Manager, which I liked. That's, was that with Tom Hiddleston? Yeah. yeah she she directed it. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to look at her. Things We Lost in the Fire. I oh, couldn't yeah, get through the first Holly 20 Berry? minutes of that shit. I didn't see it. Oh, wow. I just, it was so slow. That was Holly Berry and, and, um, and Benicio? Benicio. Benicio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Serena, that was a interesting film. I think that's on Netflix. But that has an interesting backstory. It was like a movie that was gonna go in the theaters, and then it didn't, and everybody was pissed, and or something like that. It's just interesting that you. I mean, I get exactly what you're saying in terms of like bad direction, but it's just interesting that you call it all that. Um, because none, got the eye, man. That's why he's sitting there. Yeah, <laughs> none of that affected me. None of that mm. affected my film. I'm gonna tell you. I thought the writing, the dialogue writing in this, I thought was supreme. Whoa. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I supreme. admit, I, I didn't agree with you when you said that. I was like, <laughs> this is a basic ass horror movie. Like, what <laughs> the part of? So it's the conversations, man. Like, like you know, when you when you when you watch Tarantino, right? And the con not, and I'm not. Taylor was fell out his chair. Taylor has laid all the way down the floor at this point. <laughs> he did the red fox. Oh, it's gonna be the big one. He did that. He did that whole movement. His face is completely red. So here's the thing: there's no comparison to whoever whoever the screenwriter was in this to to Tarantino. Let's just pre preface it with that. Like I'm not. I'll making, agree with you on that one. Yeah, I'll agree with me on that one. But it's the simplicity of the dialogue, like the responses and the things that people say are what people would actually say. I think so too. Um, I, I'm not going to say it's supreme, however, because um, I mean, Bandersnatch had really intentional dialogue too that that, that didn't suck. Um, so I think it can be done, and I think it can be done like it, it's done relatively well a lot. Right. But I will say that there's intentional dialogue there that has this subtlety of. Uh, it comes across as subtly as a regular conversation would. Yes. Which that's which, an art. There is an art to that, and to be fair, there are people who suck at it. Sorry, Spike Lee, but, <laughs> yeah, well, but oh, don't say that. You can't criticize no. Spike Lee. Yes, you can. On, the, the, on the on the movie critics podcast, you can't criticize him. I'm not you lying. can't. <laughs> uh, no, the the contrary is. I think a lot of people do not do that well. I I think that it's done commonly enough that I don't have to like come smack a gold star on your forehead every time you do it. But I do, I I agree mm -hmm. that it was impressive. Yeah. I don't think it was supreme, but it was impressive. They should have killed a kid. That's what they should have done in the movie. Can I counter your dialogue thing? It's not real thing? to murder yeah. children. Your, murder first, uh, <laughs> your first scene with her and the kids, you know, she refers to them as boy and girl. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, oh, wow, this is really 
they must be in dire straits. She's really distant. She's, these kids don't have names. What is it? I'm so interested in this movie, right? Right. Let's fast forward like 90 minutes. <laughs> There's a scene where Trevante Rhodes is like, Mallory, you don't even name your kids. You call them boy and girl. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, no, I remember because I saw, I watched the movie. I saw that earlier. <laughs> You didn't have to say it again. Like, I didn't forget. Well, this is the right. thing, though. He right. could. He couldn't. He couldn't just. Why could he not name the kids? Why could he have like that? That was stupid. I have yeah, to give I'd be you like, that. Look, I'm naming these fucking kids. <laughs> like, I am not gonna call this kid boy for five years. So, so two things. At I'll, that point, the name is Boy. It's That's like what, it's like they didn't have a conversation about it until that part of the movie. He's just like, like they never talked about it. I'm just I'm just gonna let her do whatever she wants to do, even though I'm keeping all of us alive. Yeah, she like, can what? she can make that decision. Something's really been eating at me, Mallory. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because like one of the kids not even hers. Like, like well, I'm yeah. just I'm gonna name Olympia's kid. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, damn. Now that you mention, now that you bring it like that, you're kind of right. I says, but so so to, so to answer that specific question, I think there's a difference between the way it's written for screen and the way it's edited for screen. I don't think it's written to where we see that opening scene before we see the progression of the film. I think that's an editing choice. It's it's, it's not in the chronology's not there. Yeah, the chronology's not there, and that's what I off. That's what I really really wonder about. I've never read an original Quentin Tarantino script, but. Like, it seems like he writes that way, whereas, like, you know, and, and I, I'm sure you can make a case for both. But in that particular case, I think it's edited um, to, you know, to. Uh, well, is the book in that order? Like, is the book jump through time? I don't that? know. I'm just making like, Wikipedia says assumptions. Yes, that it takes it said it takes place in three different time periods. But not necessarily that they are intersecting in the way. Don't that... know, because I haven't read a book since grade school. Damn. You need to tighten up, bro. When's the last time you read a fiction book? I don't read fiction books. That's what I meant. I haven't read a fiction book. Oh, I you said just that said I didn't book. read fiction, and then my best friend wrote a book that I have been reading every time I get on a plane, which here recently is not that often. I should be finished with it, but I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not big on fiction, but and I, I block Ghost at a Watchman, but I don't read fiction either. I'm with you. Yeah. Um. So, so you're. I mean, you make a good case for the dialogue. I mean, for the for the writing in, in in general. That's really the only place that I saw it, though. To be fair, yeah. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of problems with plotting in this movie too, like just structural stuff. But Talk. I don't know if we're there yet. No, fuck it, we here okay. now. <laughs> there is a scene in this movie mm-hmm. where a woman goes into labor, immediately followed by the only other pregnant woman in the movie also going into labor at the same time. Double labor. Yeah, so it's like uh, Father of the Bride, that Steve Martin movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's happening. So this is like a slapstick comedy sequence in the middle of a, a post-apocalyptic <laughs> horror. Well, also, and then on top of that, then we have the, 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 <laughs> the murderer man starts killing everybody while both births are happening. Right. And that, to me, is like, that is first draft, convenient plotting that never got drafted again. Like, because that doesn't feel like anything grounded in reality. The the, the circumstances are, are are so crazy. I mean, what are the chances that would really happen? There's and then also what are the chances that Olympia would let Gary in the fucking house? I mean, but she's kind of she's naive. Yeah, there's I mean, always I, a naive character. Yeah, but so like, all of the, I'm sure when they got back from Lil Rel sacrificing himself. Problem, damn white people. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that when they got back from Lil Rel sacrificing himself, they all realized that there were people who could see. And so, like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, to say that 
they wouldn't be, and that they would try, they're coming after us, right? Because that's what was happening. So mm-hmm. why, I'm sure they shared that story. Why would she just be like, well, I don't think I'm they, open the I don't door. think they realized what was happening yeah. with the character because they set it up that, like, oh, that guy was kind of off. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then they didn't see him die. So, like, they had a, I think in their interpretation, they had a scuffle mm-hmm. and maybe they saw the demons, we'll call them demons, but, and that's what happened. I don't think they, inter- I didn't interpret that from the, the, the scene where he died. I'm, I'm with Corey. I don't think there was a discussion that happened because I don't think they realized what happened. Well, they had to yeah. say what happened to Lil Rel. I, it sounded like... He's dead. Yeah, they had a fight. He went outside yeah. and he opened his eyes probably. I mean, yeah. so, I'm with John Malkovich. Get the fuck out. I am I mean, I'm there too. Well, the other thing too, it, it jocked a, a quiet place, a birth and the... De- yeah. Like, yes. it, we're, ha- we're going we're gonna to birth a baby during a, a very a, a trying time. So, yeah. and this is the well, thing... Well, the stress... Induce labor by it any can. chance? It can. Yeah. However, this is this is the thing that A Quiet Place did well that this did not. Mm-hmm. A Quiet Place invented a reason why those things would happen simultaneously, mm-hmm. right? And at no point in A Quiet Place are the characters stupid. That's right. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be stupid to move the story forward. Right. So that's what I. That's what we love so much about it. Right? Was that they made really smart choices, and it, they just proved that like things can still go wrong even right. when you're really smart. But like a quiet place did not have to make them dumb to make the story work. Well, that well, little kid was pretty stupid. Yeah, the guy was fucking dumb. <laughs> the first kid, right? Yeah, the one yeah, that can hear. Was a fucking uh, idiot. Yeah, he got what was coming to him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He, did, he didn't live through his stupidity. Well, well, yeah. But I think that that just also solidified like we can't be stupid out here. Well, also what a quiet place did is it contained. We're, we're watching the containment of a family. Like mm-hmm. there was there wasn't a lot of outside influence. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't the opportunity for a lot of dumbass shit for ha- to to happen from an outside source. We we watched the survival of a family as opposed to like all of these different personalities coming together for survival. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, and, when dumbass shit happened, like the old dude who his wife died, he starts yelling in the middle of the forest. They knew how to react to that situation like instantly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then but then they also knew like see the a quiet place showed you the monster also. So they knew what the threat what actually was. You know what I'm no, saying? And I mean, they didn't know it. It took a while it. to show it to you, the audience, though. Well, they, they kept it hidden for a good portion no, of No, that happened with the kid at yeah, the beginning. The in the, you, you can't, can't see but it. You don't it's, see it. It's, it moves so fast. Yeah, you can't see it. You don't get it. a good glimpse. But, but you know it's something tangible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know get, it's I something that swoops in and fucking takes you. Yeah. I didn't know it was like a nigga with big ears, but yeah. Right. But, what but, she said, but that, but that's kind of my point. It's kind of like when you can see the threat, and you like they literally took away your ability to see the threat in this. Mm-hmm. So you have to use other senses to really hone in to figure out what, how to attack this thing that you can't see. I would be more impressed with that if the movie ever puts you in a place where you feel that same stress. Like they do the occasional cutaway to like you know a camera with a blindfold over it. Mm-hmm. But that's few and far between. You see everything for most of the movie. You don't. I don't. I never felt the emotional state of somebody who can't use their eyes to survive. I'm with the you, filmmaking I was style gonna, never. I was going to piggyback because in a quiet place, who saw it in the theater? Everybody seen I it did, in the theater. Yeah. I did. You remember how quiet it got? Yes. And how like I remember people were like didn't want to move, right. like because oh. it became part of a little bit of the experience right. of like I remember uh, I saw it with Dex. And he had popcorn. He was like, 
<laughs> like, <laughs> like, because it was, and it it became this thing. Like, you become a part of it a little bit, mm. you know. And I agree with you. Like, you don't feel that, but I mean, that's not maybe Bird Box's fault. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I think it's yeah, the director's the, fault. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't see. Okay, so let's jump into this. I don't think that's the point of the film. I don't think the point of the film is to be into these characters' places. I think the point of the film, it's, it's, there's a, there's a story. There's the through line to me is her relationship with love, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just using all of this to build over top of that to give us this science experiment of how a person, you know, a person's journey of connecting to things and other people. And just somehow all this other shit is collateral damage, right? Like, so to me, that wasn't the point of the film, you know? And but don't you think there's an argument for making a visceral experience that draws your viewer more into the story? Well, I think that's genius. But I also think what you guys just said about A Quiet Place, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you had a theatrical experience. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, there's a little bit more psychological involvement mm-hmm. with a theatrical experience as opposed to a home a That's home true. experience. So, you know, that kind of goes into th- this essentially was a TV movie. You know what I'm saying? This is a TV movie like you said a network production, <laughs> you know, um uh, this is a lifetime movie, man. Lifetime sci-fi fucking uh mashup of a film. So I so I don't I just don't think the intent was that to to make us feel you know the struggle of survival in a dystopian whatever the fuck is happening. I think it was just a story that was built and all these elements were built outside yeah, I mean, of it. You don't I, have to do that. You're I mean you're right. A quiet place chose to do that. Yes. And well, you know it, you know I that think was it, the draw of it. Yeah, it chose to give you a unique experience. Yeah. You know, I mean the first twenty minutes of the movie is completely quiet. It's quiet. Yeah, yeah. So I mean it doesn't have to, but I get what you're saying. I think that's a staple of horror cinema though. Mm-hmm. I mean I think that's what you watch the movies for. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think this does scary stuff on paper in such an uninteresting way on camera. And yeah. that's basically the whole argument I'm making for the direction being poor. That makes a lot of sense, though. I see I see the disconnect of what experience you wanted out of it and yeah. what, what experience you, you got. you have movies like A Quiet Place and, and, and you know, um, It Follows. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I love It Follows. You know, I think you... You could argue that that is also thrown in there, too. Yeah. Is, you know, the, I, think, I think we're at a point, we just want better films. So, like, when you have these examples of how to do this better, and then you get another mediocre thing, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's, because my biggest gripe with horror is there's a lot of movies with great premises and shitty execution. Sure, there's mm-hmm. tons of movies with great premises, but it's like they always they fall apart, and it's like okay, it's like even um remember the strangers, mm-hmm. yes, I love the premise of the strangers. Then, then then there's a point in the movie where it's like yep, fuck this, we're going full horror movie, yeah. we're going full '90s horror, and then the movie falls apart, and right. it's like they don't want to own that I, we're gonna try to be unique. Right, like, and, and there's like this point where the director just says "fuck it," and I don't understand why that keeps happening. Mm. Whereas wow. you have a quiet place, you have it follows. You have, I mean, you go back in time to um, uh, Blair Witch, where it's like you're like, "Look, no, I'm gonna own the concept I'm trying to Horror. deliver." Right. So, um, I actually don't think they meant it to be a TV movie. Like, it had a theatrical run in December, so I think they kind of meant maybe Sandra to be up for an Oscar for it? Well, I, I think they only made a theatrical run in order for it to be considered, considered in Oscars. For that, for I don't, Oscar. I, but I don't think it was, that was the intention of this. Um, I mean, I think if you, like, why would they do a theatrical run if they didn't think it had the 
possibility to get an Oscar. Because they had to check the boxes to meet the qualification to, to be considered for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, things are doing that yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's like if you make an album and it's like you only want to make four songs, it's like, well, the Academy, you know, the, the Grammys are only going to acknowledge if you make seven. It's like, all right, fine, let me find three more. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just like you're trying to check the boxes to be included in a conversation as opposed to like this is your intention. That at least that's my thing, you know. Like now, if we're like, you know, if the Matrix was, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, it's I, like don't, the, I don't think Sandra would take it if she didn't think there was a possibility that she could get some type of reward or some type of acknowledgement for the role. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good she's, question. I mean, she's because she's, she's won awards. She already did her genre movie this year that was like Ocean's Eight. So it's like I think she kind of wanted something for it. But she thought she was gonna get something out of this than just her Netflix movie. She might have just liked the story, you know, and maybe the paycheck. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, like Netflix never tells us what they really spent on films. Mm-hmm. They'll tell us what they spent on the assets. You know, we gave Will Smith fucking sixty million for this. You know, they'll tell us that, but they'll never yeah. tell us what they spent on the entire film. Well, it's just there's always all Netflix original films to me. It's like there's always this. Thing that goes, yeah, I see why this didn't come out in the theater. You uh, like <laughs> most of them. There's always this moment where I'm like, oh, that's where you cut corners at. Oh, that's where you saved a little money because you you see it, you see the difference. Well, so do you think theatrically this movie wouldn't have done that well? I don't know. Um, it probably would have done fine. I think so. Yeah, with just the social media hype around it, it would have done. Where fine. did that come from? I saw a post that hypothesized and I'm bu- I'm buying into this conspiracy theory now that Netflix had pre-made a bunch of bird box memes mm-hmm. had their internet team de- develop memes and just doled them out once the movie dropped really because mm-hmm. I've never that seen social media saturation for any movie the way I've seen it for bird box and never at this speed and especially not for a Netflix movie. The the speed I'll agree with. I it's think just, Get Get Out viral. had a lot of had yeah. a lot of memes. You know the Get Out challenge. You know what I'm saying? There was like a whole. But Get Out had months of anticipation before it, and this was like right. people didn't really know about. Bird. I mean, Corey did, but most people didn't know about Bird Box. <laughs> Listen, right. I legitimately <laughs> knew about this film. It wasn't a secret. Yeah. I, so so my thing is this: like I. I'm looking at this year. This year, to me, was a really good year for Netflix and original content, in my opinion. Um, it was I know a we, big year, it, yeah. Yeah, but to me, just the output was like the best year to me. Yeah, I mean, in except my for the Marvel TV shows, rest in peace, rest in oh, peace, man. rest in peace. <laughs> well, but but they but they were output this year. Yeah, they just they discontinued after this year. So you're talking about in terms of just like the volume of content, the volume of content, but also I think the ratio of volume to what is actually good or decent, like like it's not much of a shit show like it was last year. I think yeah, like, to, yeah stuff is better. It's getting better. So to there was a huge gap in time between. Beast of No Nation and the next good Netflix original film to me. Whereas like now, you know, this year, and I know we talked about it a little bit, Chandler, and I know we talked about it, Corey. I loved Hold the Dark. I yeah. loved Hold the Dark. Yeah. We know you didn't like it, Lizzie. But it's all right. it, it it was to <laughs> me. With you. It was you know, it was really good to me. You know, and then looking at the 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 time in between Hold the Dark and what was the one you told us about last year? I'm just getting around to watching this year. Um, I don't oh, feel at home. I don't feel at home at in that this was, world anymore. That was good. Yeah. Making Blair, Making bro. Blair, baby. Yeah, man. Well, to piggyback on that, I think Netflix is really great at 
I think it's a good vehicle for the independents right. and the art films. Right. Oh, the independent and the and the art films because those are films that don't get a lot of distribution. Sometimes they don't get a lot of eyes on them, and they don't get the machine behind them. Right. But when I see Bird Box, I see Bright. I see an underfunded movie. Mm. That's what I see. You see, you see Bright and see underfunded. Yes. I look hundred million dollar I, I thought it was man. eighty, but I, oh, that actually oh, sounds right. Yeah. yeah, but still, that ain't. I, I ahead, get it, no. but I still see you, you have these high concepts, and I get why Hollywood they're usually 150, 200. Right. Like I see the difference. I look in, I look at Bird Box and you go. You mean in the production value? Yeah, in the production value, and and those things sometimes affect movies, but like in Bird Box, I feel like it really does. So here's the thing: Do you 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 understand that some of that budget is a marketing thing too? Right? Yeah, I do. So I mean, but the a higher budgeted film is going to have more going to the actual production. So usually oh, yeah. a listed budget too doesn't include the marketing budget. Yeah. Oh, they don't. No, no, because really? usually they. I mean, for a big Hollywood movie, they spend just as much on marketing as they do on the actual budget, which is why their profit margins are so interesting. Well, I thought the listed budget did include marketing. Okay, but yeah. when I when I see Hold the Dark, the the in the world movie, mm-hmm. I see a properly fun. I see a movie that looks and feels. A, in, 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 its the, range. in its range yeah. but when I see Bird Box I'm like alright I, I, you guys you, you cut some corners here you did this here like you're not as experimental your your, your movie isn't as tight and Fuck. that bothers that that affects my experience when I see a movie and I'm like ah the green screen sucks like that mm. that scene right there looks like you know it's kind of shitty like it affects it I, I don't white I can't, water kayak then there's no way in hell that they didn't die yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> no, to me that was the biggest I've whitewater kayaked on Probably. like you have to know what direction the mo- the water's going to right. not drown. They should have murdered <laughs> a child. That's that's how you step. That, I thought a that kid should. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I would have killed. Kid, I would have killed her kid. Too, kid got to get. Yeah. Okay, nice. I wanted I wanted to see what would happen if the baby saw the demon. Like they don't even have a concept of life or death at all. So I'm like, whoa. They were like, hide the baby, don't let him Yo, see the you did a, you did a slam dunk. You was like, I, I was want like, a toddler committing suicide. That'll be impossible. It'll totally like. Break your um your enjoyment of the film. So, like, so, like, so you wanted them to go full Roma, full hey, Roma. Sh- oh no, it. spoilers! I haven't seen it. Hey man, we're we're out here spoiling. But I mean, uh, Quiet Place murdered a kid. Yeah. You know, you want to you want to step your horror Quiet game Place up. Murdered a kid like two minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we knew that little fucker was gonna die. Like we knew we couldn't trust him. Like immediately. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't know. See it coming. I didn't. I, I, I didn't definitely see did. I was like, because oh, kids murdering about to fuck a this murdering a seven year old that takes that's a decision. That that's a <laughs> that's a very concrete decision that I hasn't been done a lot. So when you see it, it's still jarring to today. Right. It's not what you think is going to happen. So if if movies start murdering kids all you know for the next couple of years, then it'll become a norm. But I mean, when I saw a Quiet George Place, George died in it. Like anybody could get it. Oh <laughs> man, yeah, he got his whole arm ripped off and everything. Yeah, that, that sucks. So so I mean, just to go back to what I was saying about Netflix, I just think that they're really starting to master their output. Um, and even talking about Roman, even though it wasn't a Netflix production, it was acquired by Netflix. But still, the decision to to bring that to its platform and like. The care that they're giving to it, like this, I think Netflix is starting. I think is to master their business model. They did the same thing with Orson Welles, like that that Orson Welles movie that was unfinished that they oh, finished. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they also made like a making of it and a backstory. But what I find works for them, even though I do know that um, Bird Box had some external marketing because I think she was on like a morning show um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. 
But and then obviously I saw it from Travante's social media, which costs like nothing. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. he's just playing like a truncated version. And I feel like they make these one minute trailers for social media now so that it can fit oh, within the for format. Sure. Yeah. But um, like most Netflix movies that I watch, it's the marketing's from their platform. Mm-hmm. I go, oh, that looks interesting. Mm. They like they they don't yeah, have to have like they a don't huge have to budget. Go external. Yeah, I mean it, when you. They did do something similar with Hold the Dark. I think they did like a good morning show or something like that. Mm. Like they do do a little bit of external, but I think it's very, it's very contained. They market a lot on IMDb. Like they go straight to where they know people who love movies are going to be. And I do. I will sit. If I'm bored, I will sit and watch trailers on IMDb. Yeah. I do it. But I don't think this movie's success comes from cinephiles. I think it's coming from I agree. average viewers. And I think yeah. if, if this conspiracy theory about them making the memes is true, it's a genius way to get free marketing. Very genius. Yeah. yeah very. So, But even with that, right, like even in doing that, making memes, there has to be a guaranteed rollout. You have to know where to place it in order to get traction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there is is where I saw it the most. Like I saw a lot of on Facebook. Facebook, Also, too, it helped the. uh, We talked about this. uh, Horror movies, classically, people tend to watch without a lot of convincing. I think people like horror movies. That's why a lot of them are made, and they're made really cheap. They're a cash cow. Yeah, they they a lot of horror movies make their budget back generally instantly, and people don't really care if they suck or not. I mean, people people like us do, but... The right. general so, viewership doesn't... I yeah. still watch a shitty horror movie. Yeah, I will. so yeah. I think that Sandra Bullock and it being in the holidays, you yeah. know, this that last week is the week, a lot of people are home yeah. doing a whole lot of nothing. Sandra Bullock yeah. and the holidays, to me, um, weigh just as much as the memes, in my opinion, um, because it's like, oh, what is this Sandra Bullock fucking... You know, you put out a meme, like, Sandra Bullock and a fucking... What is this they're talking about? Right. nobody cared blindfolds. about the Brad Pitt. Netflix original. Right. That's true. Nobody gave a shit about yeah, that movie. That's very so. true. Um, and, and I think her base, you know, when I think about what her base probably is, um, her her base probably is the people that would be more excited about the holidays and more into like, let's, you know, uh, you know, so I, it, it was to, to me, this is the epitome of like a great rollout. Um, and them knowing their business model, probably learning from Bright, probably learning from War Machine mm-hmm. and some of these other um, big name films that they've tried to do in the past. And then and then I think they took a cue from, you know, the last movie that they did during the holidays, even Bright. I'm not going to count Bright because that's Will Smith. Like you can't miss no matter you put a Will Smith movie. I mean, he's winning on social media right now. So that just shows you like how small the format can be. Um, um, but. Making a Murderer to me was like mm-hmm. the last one that came out during the holidays that really took form, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like it was because of a holiday rollout. You know, where you you heard the original it came out during the holidays. Yeah, it no, came no. out in 2016, like like around December, mm-hmm. around my birthday, like December 14th type shit. Um, mm-hmm. It's a shameless plug for my birthday, just in case you know, um, it's passed. Um, <laughs> You can send gifts to uh, 1139. Yeah, or, or my cash tag. My, for Cash App, you can send gifts there, too. Um, all right, so jumping off that, I, I read a really interesting article from Michael Harriet um, of The Root. a funny-ass article. It was very funny, man. But you know what, though? I feel like that article is The Root making fun of itself, so, like... Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, me too. And and I, I don't know if you guys read it, but... I didn't get a chance to read it, but I saw uh, a bunch of people posting it, which I thought was funny. Right. And he was just talking about how the movie was a metaphor for like racism 
Uh, you know, like white people not want to see their own. <laughs> when he was racism. like the black the the black man who's the hero's name is Tom. I'm not even lying, y'all. That nigga's name is Tom. Yeah, the nigga name is Tom. <laughs> that was, it was funny to me. Which so I had a great conversation with my man Mario. Man, shout out to Mario about the Tom character, and I said that I, I really was, appreciate that Tom was black because he didn't have to. be. He didn't have to be. I, I don't think he was written to be. He was just written to be a man, and they fulfilled it. But I think that the, the fact that he is black, like gives his experience with survival a different meaning. Oh, I didn't even think about it in that way. I think way. it gives his experience with survival a different meaning. I think that his ability to love and nurture and, and support children means something else. Like, oh. it's important to see black men as as uh, capable, right. as loving, as safe. Right. So it gives it a different meaning, and I appreciate the colorblind casting because it usually color colorblind casting well, usually works out better for white people than it does for black people. Sure, I was going to sure. say though, I've noticed which is, it's good, but there's a lot of movies doing interracial nowadays. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, it's good because that's what our world looks like. Right. But I'm starting to notice it a lot, a lot more. more. Like and it's almost like pandering. You feel? I don't know because yeah, I feel that way about homosexuality, but not about interracial. Uh-huh. You know, I don't. Mean, I don't want to say that because I mean. You can say it feels. Someone might argue it feels forced. Right. Someone might say no, it's it's how the world looks. But I'm just because it's it wasn't a norm ten years ago. Right. I'm seeing it more now, and I'm seeing more cases where it's not a thing. Even in the the how I can't name the movie. The movie where the girl, the robbery, uh, the end. Of, how I I can't see myself in this world. Oh, I don't oh, yeah. feel at home in this world. Like yeah, you. I don't feel yeah. home. I'm never gonna get that right again. <laughs> um, her sister. Right. It was, and it was, it was like this hilarious. <laughs> so, I mean, and you argue, yeah, it's like these are, these are intentional things. Right. These are things that are done on purpose. Or are they? Well, you know, like, I and, think, and what's, what is the rationale for it? I think mm-hmm. that you know. it, it's really meant to normalize it. Be, and, and the thing is, people in interracial relationships obviously like have the challenges that come with that, mm-hmm. right? But it is not their entire life. Their entire Correct. life is not that. They still pee, brush their teeth, and eat and shit, yeah. and regular stuff happens to them. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So, a char- characters who happen to be in an interracial relationship, I think it's important for care to be given to their experience, but it does not need to be the central theme of the movie to feel realistic. And so I think that's what it is. And honestly, America is really slow on that. I watch a lot of British TV and Mm -hmm. it's just, it's not even a topic of conversation. I remember you saying that before. Like Bodyguard. Mm -hmm. Like, I watch like chewing gum. Mark Marcella, Luther, like every like that's in British television. People are in interracial relationships, and it rarely comes up that that's what it is. Right. So I so to me, what I like more about and and you made some good points, Lizzy. So to me, what I liked about it was just that the character was just a person, and it was fulfilled by a black character. It wasn't there. There was nothing about the character that had to be a certain race, Mm -hmm. you know. And and to me, that's what. That's what a lot of these talks about equality and stuff like that and representation, and not just for black men or black people, but I think just for everybody. Just, Arguably, it, Indian yeah, people need to be on screen the most. Yeah. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, and just because somebody's gay in real life doesn't mean they have to play a gay person on screen. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's just, it's just representation. Just This person just needs a body of somebody who can actually fulfill the role. Or, or even that, a gay is. character on screen, their central theme doesn't have to be that they're gay. That like they're if you gay. watched, right. and this is really bad and it's terrible, but I loved it because it was so bad. But Life Size 2, 
the protagonist in that story is bisexual. Mm. And when she wakes up with Tyra Banks in her bed, she's like, yo, did we get it in last night? Am I your hey. first girl? But the story's not about her being bisexual right. at all. She just happens she to just be. She just happened to be. And right. that's a kid movie. Back to the <laughs> back to the article. Is, is it trying to be serious? Like, is that, no. It's, I don't a, think so. okay. it's satirical. Yeah, it's okay. satirical. But, but the the reason why I brought it up is because... It's not far-fetched, though, if yeah. you're thinking like a hotel. Well, because, I mean, she's <laughs> obviously... You know, I mean, not wanting to see racism, but yet she's with a black man in the film. Yeah, oh, bro. Yeah. That's a thing in real life. I know. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, I totally get it. So, I get it. it yeah. Well, the thing about the article yeah. is The Root has been criticized by black people for being like overly sensational about race at mm. times. So they're really, mm. if, you, if you have that backstory, if you're just reading it, you're like, yo, this is funny. But if you have that backstory, you realize they're making fun they're of themselves. They're making fun of themselves. Yeah, okay. that's how All I right. took it. Right, but, but, it uh, but it did bring a question that I wanted to bring to the table. Is there any theories or metaphors that you guys pulled out of this? Um, for the potential meaning. So I saw things like explaining the ending of Bird Box. And I'm like, I didn't know you had to explain the ending, but maybe I don't know what needed to be explained about that either. Right. But there's a, a video that's doing very well on YouTube that's like the, the ending of Bird Box explained. Well, what do you what do you think? What's your interpretation on the ending? Um, so or on the themes of the movie on overall? The, the theme for me was it's just love. You know what I'm saying? Love and sacrifice and how the journey of sac like the journey and the sacrifice can build the attachment and the love and the respect for things, you know. And I saw and I looked at it like that when she finally named her kids. Like there was a real ownership of their existence. Um and 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 there was a real meaning to their existence. You know what I'm saying? And, well, that, and, and I don't know if you noticed this, but the kids didn't have names. She just called them boy. Thank you, Chandler. And then I started thinking about, uh, and then, I, you know, that's funny you say that, man, because I started saying, oh, was this was this movie like, uh, you know, anti anti the whole uh, gender neutral movement? You know, it's oh. like boy, girl. You know what I'm saying? Binary. Binary. <laughs> you must. You know what though? I to, I I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I think that it's more about. We need love to conquer fear, and that mm. um, if you if you have to think about this, like people committing suicide, like they're literally afraid to continue to live, like mm. um, that they don't see value in continuing to live. They let their fears overwhelm them, or I don't want to say let. That's not that's not fair, but you mm. understand what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah. fear rules them, and somehow um, in this story, people who are experiencing some kind of like mental illness. I think those people are actually supposed to be sociopaths. So they're not experiencing mm. fear or love. And so the monsters don't affect them. So was that the that was that the interpretation of why they didn't see? Well, the, they could see it. They just were seeing something else. They thought that whatever they were seeing was beautiful and the other people were whatever they were seeing was terrifying. Right. Um but Gary when he was the his whole spiel about people from the mental institution, he was the person from the mental yeah, institution yeah. and mm -hmm. the other people that attack them at the end, they're experiencing some kind of mental illness. Um I think the guy, I think maybe the the person in the boat was supposed that attacks her in the boat. I think yeah, he yeah. maybe was delusional, and those other people that attack them at the house, they seem to be sociopaths. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like when you're disconnected from all of your emotions, it's an issue. And then like when you're disconnected from love, you need love to be able to survive. So she should have actually been like the least likely to survive. Mm. But you know what I thought was interesting too is. You know when they get to the end and she has her big breakdown. She's like, "Don't take my kids." Right. But it was like, if you keep your blindfold on, like 
You're good. Like no, she's she, gonna drown, my dude. No, she was out. <laughs> oh, you talking she, about in the woods? She was yeah. in the woods. Like I mean, I get what the 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 problem was is that the 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 demon was trying to convince the children to take off there. But once she had her kids back, it's like they're not gonna take them. So why? Like mm. what are you what are you so terrified about? Like the, the movie was a little wonky, but. I don't know. But I, I think it's the juxtaposition of of fear and love. So we're right back at Donnie Darko. Um, <laughs> but, but that's that's what you're experiencing there. Yeah, I, I have I can roll with that. I have a a theory, and this is what I thought was going to happen during the movie, and it didn't happen. The thing about the mental institution institution, people are breaking out, and they can look at the creatures, and they don't kill themselves, right? So I immediately thought, okay, what's this movie trying to say about mental illness? Mm. Um, the monsters, when people look at the monster creatures, whatever it is, they see things that make them feel emotions. Uh, in the case of Mallory's sister, it's she. She even says later in the movie she was so sad. I've never seen her sad before. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, the creatures represent. Mental trauma, anguish, depression. Things are not facing. Exactly. Which is a big issue in society. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I got this. Like, act one, I got it figured out, right? So then later on, you know, the, the mental case people break out. They're portrayed as villains in the movie. Which also, to me, I was like, oh, there's no way this movie's actually saying mentally ill people are dangerous. Because <laughs> there's no way anyone would say that in 2018, right? right? You're being sarcastic, yes. So, yeah. Oh, in a movie, you right, right, right. Okay. I, that, <laughs> sure. that was, I was like, oh, this must be a twist. as a red herring. Mm-hmm. I thought what was going to happen at the end of the movie was that Sandra Bullock, who we saw at the beginning of the movie, has issues with socialization. She's mm-hmm. shut off from the world. She's deeply depressed. She's upset about a breakup. Um, I thought she was going to be put in a position where she was going to have to look at the monsters and figure out, yeah, and then she would be okay, exactly. Because she and yeah. and the whole thing would be that these creatures are simply waking people up to the issues that others are going through that they can't face, mm. and that's why regular people who don't suffer from that are killing themselves because they can't handle it. So the movie's inside out, oh, basically. Wow. So yes, yeah, well, so it's. it's <laughs> It's interesting you say that because this is one of the few movies that, like, I kind of wanted the, the ending that explains things. Right. And usually I'm okay with not explaining things, but I, I kind of was thinking that. I was like, she's going to realize that she can take her blindfold yes. off and she's going to be fine because she, be the she mm. defeated the monsters. Mm. That, that sounds like that would have been a really good movie. I, I, think, <laughs> like, I think it would have been an ending that makes thematic sense. Right. I think it would have drawn the whole thing together because as it is without that, Mentally ill people are villains in the movie, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty gross. Yeah, um, socially, yeah, because we know that. Yeah, even though they're painted as these evil people, they're more likely to become victims of violence. And right, and them. in this movie, it's like no, they are just killing people. Yeah. Um, Similar to in A Quiet Place, she figured out how to defeat the monster. Right, I like, mean, and that's a typical mm-hmm. horror movie arc. That's that what happens. Well, the same thing happened in this one where the, a person's deficiency became their superpower. So... Oh, are it, you it, talking about that shoehorn blindness thing at yeah. the end? You gotta be yeah. kidding me with that. That was the most ham-fisted. <laughs> I, I think somebody entered my house and beat me over the head with a full honey-baked ham. <laughs> it's very like, no, you're just lucky. You were just like, yeah. <laughs> you were lucky. You just didn't, you were born blind. Well, no, I mean, that blind. family, well, if you think 
think about it in a quiet place, that family yeah. could communicate with each other without talking. So That's they true. became lucky too. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, without without this, without this thematic uh, resolution at the end, mm. the movie to me feels really uneven. I don't know what the monsters represent. I don't know what the movie's trying to say other than the love thing, which I think is more textual than subtextual. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you see all these articles and videos of people trying to interpret the ending, it's because it's unclear. Mm. Yeah. I don't think it's, I think it's because the movie doesn't give you enough to put it together. And ambiguity in films is cool. It's good. Yeah. I don't think this is it intentional. Works in it it works for like Get Out, right? Right. But it, it doesn't work here. Yeah. Right. Well, it, I think um, the screenwriter asked like the, the author of the book, like, what were the creatures? Can you explain this to me? He was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> wow. So, so he, that whole like expedition exposition dump with um, Lil Rel or whatever. That's kind of what the screenwriter made it into. Like, there was really no basis. Yeah, like, there are the these mythical were. ancient creatures. Yeah, this, that's not in the book at all. I think. But you know what's crazy? They actually. Uh, so, I, in doing a little bit of reading, I read that they had actually filmed the creatures. Yeah. I'm so glad they made the, the description. The description is pretty funny. The description makes it sound like Ghostbusters, <laughs> <It> bro. <is. laughs> they like Slimer? Yeah, like Slimer-looking <laughs> yeah. fucking creatures. I saw one that said they were like long babies. Yeah. <laughs> some weird what? shit. The, so, so basically, they're like the creatures are a boggart. I, I, yeah. Which is a ripoff of Harry Potter. See where we're going here? Uh, more unoriginal. Right, more unoriginal material. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Can we put that on a sample and just hit it? <laughs> so the crazy part is, to me, that kind of takes away any of like, um, uh, of the intangible merit to like the film. Some of these theories, right? Like there was there was intentionally supposed to be a monster. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of takes away the whole like the theory of what people in a sense, you know, when so when you talk about bad direction, like to me that supports your case. Um is that there were really there was really no subcontext sure. to the film. It was a creature feature, essentially at the end of the day. I why mean, okay. Why can't the monsters come indoors? Like they're like outdoor monsters. I was thinking about that. Too. They're outdoor demons. Like they're just strictly. Well, see that like, my whole thing was I. So until I read that they actually filmed some monsters, yeah, yeah. my thing was it was psychological. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You like the like the idea of you know if you believe in God and the devil, right? The mm. idea of either one of them. Like it's all about how much you let it affect you. Mm. You know. Um, I thought the same thing. Yeah. I thought that that's why these the mentally ill people could look at them and they're saying it's beautiful because seeing mm-hmm. something that reflects your worldview is mm-hmm. beautiful. That's what we're talking about with rep- representation in cinema, yeah. right? With different people groups. Like, so I, I was on the same track, I, but right. I don't think the movie ties that up. You don't think they're there? It's that smart. Did no. anyone else notice that Sandra Bullock fucking looked at the monster and nothing happened to her? When did that happen? In the that? car, when she's like, what? What do you see? She's looking she all the time around. She hadn't seen it. Yeah. She didn't see it. She didn't see it, but she was looking in the same in direction the as same her direction. sister. Oh. Well, and maybe, she doesn't fucking see it. Maybe the outdoor I demons agree. are... Not that big. Not that big. Maybe they're tiny. Maybe <laughs> there's tiny. Yeah, they long. <laughs> maybe there's like junior. You know. Or like, well, that kind of goes like long babies and short babies. <laughs> yeah. Then that, that kind of goes to your theory. Then that, that, a little bit goes to your theory, Chandler, about but the mental that illness. Initially, she couldn't see it because she yeah. Was no, I think the movie that. gave you my theory everything until the end until when the it end. just didn't do it. Right. And I, so I was very confused. Gotcha. Maybe only a demon can only be seen by one person at a time. Like that's one. what I thought. Two people can't look mm, at a demon. Two people at the can't same. consume a demon at once. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know that there was never a point where that was happening. So 
That makes sense. Yeah, what do you think does. of the the whole security camera thing? Uh, that was, I, that I, was uh, weird. I, it kind of that fell apart. I wish me. they, yeah, because my thing was so you just locked him in the room and that said, was so strange. They were like, mm-hmm. "See you later. Tell us how that goes." I love you in Jurassic Park, man. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Not like, gonna give you any lines. I wish they would have. I wish they would. <laughs> I wish they would have explored that more. Like, what if you try to prevent someone from killing themselves? Like he was tied up. Like. Mm-hmm. What would happen if you kept him alive? Right, because the happening does didn't do that, and neither did this. I'm like, who is gonna f- do this? Right, like, so yeah. But I I thought it was really weird to just lock him in the room and yeah. say, right. fuck it. Right, so. right. All right, let's fill in the box. Let's fill in the blanks, man. Bird box was blank, but if it blank, it would have been blank. Bird box was forgettable. Okay. But if it developed its characters better, it would have been a much better film. Mm. Okay. Phone down. Um, Bird Box was okay, but if it had a theatrical run, it would have been trash. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all said? Bird Box was interesting, but if it had been original, I would have cared more. Bird Box was incoherent, but if it had a couple rewrites, it could have been very impactful. Bird Box was good to me, Um, but if it showed the fucking monsters, it would have been a disaster. It already was. <laughs> yeah, if it You're the, the only one in the room that's like, it's good. It's, yeah, but you know what? I put, I so on the Kind of Movie Critics page, I did one of those question and answer things mm-hmm. uh, or those those polls, yes or no polls. Mm-hmm. 73% of people said they liked the movie. So you guys are actually part of the minority. Wow. That's, yeah, 73% it, it, of the people who, they, they're liars about being cinephiles. I said it. Yeah. Because well, there's no way. Like, the monster's literally a blogger from Harry Potter. Except in Harry Potter, they it shows you what they see. Right. Yeah, well, there's a lot of fake fake flagging, false flagging cinephiles. Well, I don't think, I think there's, I think there's levels <laughs> like, to it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? It's yeah. like some people that we, like we cars. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to yeah. get down on anybody for loving movies and just not being as well educated as we are. Like, that's okay. You yeah. don't have to be. Everyone's on their journey. Yeah, and, and and then it's all subjective anyway. You know what I'm saying? Shout so out I, to Erica who didn't like Nocturnal Animals. That's crazy. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. that, movie's, I'm just that movie's not for everyone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, the opening scene tells you that. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying Tom oh, wow. Ford makes a better suit than he does a movie. Really? That's no, how you feel? Kidding. Oh, no, wow. I, I never saw the movie. I saw those good jokes. No, well, the opening Nocturnal credits animals. are jarring. Like, movie. if you can't yeah. handle the opening credits, like, you just walk away. Yeah, yeah. I'm intrigued. Um... But yeah, so that's my take. I don't think anybody, I don't think, you know, cinephiles is, is, there's a lot of layers to it. So there's just a lot of people that aren't educated. And that's where we come in. And, you know, we give you a little bit of all of it, the educational part. And and st- like in this particular case, I have really no merit for why I liked it. Like, it's just. It made you feel the feels. It just made me feel okay. the feels, you know. But but hearing your breakdown, Chandler, like, I'm like, fuck, dude, I need to. I need to find something wrong with this shit. You're going to watch it again. I have to with that lens. Well, I I felt the same way when I wa- you told me to watch Hold the Dark and I did and I was like, "Yo, I do not like this or understand it." And Dude. you gave me the the whole uh academic breakdown. Oh my god. And it bro. did change my perspective. It didn't change right. how I felt about the movie, but I was like, "Wow. This, yeah. I was not dialed in the way I should have been." I'm shocked, man, cuz me and you talk about Sonya, man. No man, that's but but hey man, I'm still I'm still here for him though. Me too. I think he's one of the better, 
filmmakers. Can I say a couple things about Bird Box that I did like? Because I feel like I was real negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go okay. for it. First off, you see a bird and a box very quickly. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that's really good, clear filmmaking. Yeah. Also, there is, like, the one kill that I hadn't seen before that's not directly from The Happening uh, is when John Malkovich's wife looks up into the sky and sees her mom or whatever, and then she just sits calmly in, in a the burning car. car. Yeah. That, was <laughs> that is really good stuff. Yeah, that, that, was was great. that was dope. She did it all peaceful. <laughs> yeah. like, so real quick, what did Everybody the birds... Everybody else tried to... In their, that's fair. Everyone else tried to... Um, she sat in her suffering. Everyone else tried to end their lives very quickly. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, did, what did the birds mean? Beats me, man. They could they could see shit. They I could don't just know. They were a warning. Maybe it's maybe it's also yeah. like a bite from the Mothman. If you sit up a little higher, your vantage point is different, and you can see things that other people can't see. I don't yeah. know. But, oh, that's but birds in a box, though. You, okay, <laughs> you know what? They're in a they're in a box. But if the birds were actually looking at the monster birds, with the exception of owls, uh-huh. I believe, do not have binocular vision. Hmm. Okay, but also. Which means what that is, they can see two things you, at once. Right. Okay, the birds are supposed to warn you, but if you go outside and you never take off your blindfold, what's the fucking point of the birds? Because the birds let you know when the, the creature's near. When, when you never near. take off your blindfold anyways. But, so you, know, you, but you know when you need to be on alert that something may come but at you. But they good. can only affect you if you take <laughs> off your blindfold. That's not right. true because they yeah. freaked out when that man came around and he wasn't yeah. the monster he himself. The mon- yeah, that's true. What? I think freaked out. What do you mean? The f- the With, first guy the that was outside of the yeah. the um, grocery but store they, when she figured it out. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But why didn't they do it when Homeboy was in the house then? You could whatever was going on with his eyes wasn't apparent at first either. Like I don't. Yeah, know. they kept it. Yeah, it's they, a whole. They dropped. They they did drop the ball. There. I think I, I think the whole pitch for this movie was like you know sit down at the table. All right, guys, what if bird but box? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like sign the check. <laughs> what if bird but box? That's terrible. I mean, they kind of end up in a in a box at the end, and and like the blind people. You know, Professor oh. X is home for blind people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I thought maybe that was supposed to be something like, oh, like they're like the birds. And yeah. they're, but I mean, that's really shallow. Yeah, know? yeah, that's low hanging fruit right there. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not on your behalf. That's probably what they thought. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, but anyway, cool, man. Well, let's leave it here then. Bird Box. Uh, uh, apparently, Trees is the only kind of movie critic that actually liked it, man. And uh, It was cool. Yeah, it was cool. But uh, Chandler, man, thank you for joining us on this one, man. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, you is, guys are the best. Is this cathartic for you? Yeah, I really need to get this off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to give people your socials, man? Why, why? Uh, yeah, best place to follow me is on Instagram at Chandler Nunnally. That's spelled C H A N D L E R N U N N. A-L-L-Y. The more famous I get, I will consider changing my handle to something more tangible. <laughs> That's funny. IRS can find you very easily, yeah. by the way. Um, <laughs> you mean starting with your paper stacks. You gotta watch that. Yeah, you gotta watch that. Uh, uh, and you know the Kind of Movie Critics socials, man. Uh, kind of Movie Critics on Instagram and on Facebook, man. Uh, join in on some of those group chats on Facebook. And then uh, Kind of Movie Crits, C-R-I-T-S on Twitter. Uh, and then we're on Stitcher, just depending on where you're listening to us. We're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, um, Apple, um, Google Play or Google Music, um, Google SoundCloud, Podcasts. Google Podcasts. I'm sorry, I don't use the Google platform. No, no, there's but, two of them. Oh, got you. Oh, we're on both of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, inter- very interesting. Um, but, you know, drop your comments, man. Drop your likes. 
uh, and share it with a friend, man. Greatly appreciate it. And now, uh, happy new year to everybody. And thanks for holding us down 2018. I look forward for more great content in 2019. And uh, remember, we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are and we're kind of not. We're just a bunch of people who like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.